0: Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to let you know that there is adult language in this episode. So maybe grab grab some headphones. Otherwise, you might want to listen to these with a cup of tea on your own. Oh my gosh, guys, have I got something amazing for you today. We're at episode 138. And today I'm speaking with another bold and powerful voice. She is my girl from america erica kramer the queen of confidence and and today we're talking about her new book confidence feels like shit and it is such a good chat Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, founder, author, speaker, and bold branding and business coach. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to step up as the CEO to scale and grow. Ready? Let's go. Hey, hey, my gorgeous ones. I hope that you are doing well. This episode is going live on Christmas Eve 2020. (laughs) And I wanted to share a few episodes with you that I feel are such great holiday listening as well as just inspiring you to be amazing, even more amazing, should I say, in 2021. So I am super excited to have my girl Erica Kramer the queen of confidence. We just celebrated only a few days ago, her book launch, which is confidence feels like shit. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We're going to explain to you why it's called that the truth about confidence and what it really takes to create it. Um, I obviously got my hot little hands on her book at the book launch and, I just cannot wait to dive into it even more. I've started reading it, uh, dive into it even more over the holidays as well. But today we're talking all about the book and how she got there and what's in it and some of the key things that I think are just so important for us to be talking about. If you have been around for a while, you'll know that Eric and I have run two Uh, workshops called Confidence Rising Together, where we talked about confidence in our personal lives as well as in business. And I love running that event with her. And I know that so many women's lives were transformed. They have told us time and time again about shifting their business, shifting their careers, making personal decisions to start stepping up and not caring what other people think, and just really owning their brilliance, owning your brilliance. And so, I can talk about this all day long and I do talk a lot about mindset within Brand Builders Academy and in the work that I do because I just think it's so important and I know that it's one of the reasons that so many women don't play bigger and Brand bolder is because Of what people think and the fact that they feel like they need to be at a certain level and they need to have a certain experience in order for them to step into their power. And I just love the work that Erica does. And and I know that you're going to love this conversation. So enjoy, have an amazing festive break. I hope that you rest and you rejuvenate and that your reflection on 2020 as hard a year as it's been for so many people. I hope that there was some good that came out of it. I hope that you learned about your ability to be resilient and the fact that we can do things that we probably never thought that we could and that I really do have so much hope that 2021 will be an incredible year and I think this is such a great conversation for us to end the year off what a great way to end 2020 with this conversation so enjoy and just a little bonus is that if you actually want to watch the video of this conversation then you can head over to the show notes which is suzechadwick.com forward slash pod 138 or you can check it out on my YouTube channel just search for Suze Chadwick and you'll find it there as well make sure that you share it and I know that I'm going to be talking about this conversation for a long time so let's get started. Erica, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast again. Whoop, whoop,
1: whoop. Hello.
0: <laughs> I feel like you started the last podcast. We did like that as well. So at least we've got consistency. But yeah. my friend, amazing woman, I'm so excited for you. I went to your book launch a few days ago. Which I don't know where time goes. Um, for confidence feels like shit, and wowza. <laughs>
1: It was such a whirlwind of pink balloons and emoji poo cookies. That's what it was. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that was what two days, three days ago.
0: Yeah, like it was. That's what I mean. Time just goes. It was. Yeah, it was. It was not <laughs> long ago. But it was so great and it was at my favorite venue that we use for Confidence Rising, which is the Prince in Melbourne um, and it was a hot day and everybody was like in pink and, and the energy was high because obviously we've been locked down for so <laughs> long. So I feel like a lot of things came together to make it an awesome event. Yes. How were you afterwards?
1: Oh my gosh, well everybody came up to me and said it was like a wedding and I'm like <laughs> What? I didn't have a wedding, so I'm like, is this what a wedding would be like? Why would you have a wedding if this is what a wedding is? It was crazy. I didn't get to have cookies. I didn't do anything else, but it was a beautiful day and it was beautiful to connect with everyone. There were some incredible women, you including, in the room, which is amazing that I didn't realize people hadn't met from Instagram. So it was just a really... You know, it just felt like a party for Melbourne as well. I didn't yeah. just think about the book. Um, and then after, and I was saying to you before, I had my kids, I brought my kids because I thought that would be cute to have my children there. <laughs> and my in-laws were exhausted. So that wasn't a good idea. So I was really wrecked. And I think it's been a long time coming. The whole year has just been, I'll relax when, I'll relax when, when this, when that. And December 13, I was like, that's it, I'm done. And now I just feel like, Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> oh, so good. Well, don't go rushing into next year too quickly.
1: Yes, yes. But
0: um, but listen, let's I wanted to have you on to talk about the book because obviously I know that you've been wanting to write it for a long time. So let's just talk a little bit about that journey. When did you decide that you wanted to write the book?
1: So last year I told my team and my husband almost fell over. He's just like, you're a crazy person. You you're not gonna do this in the time frame that you're saying, and we always had November as the kind of month. So yeah. I'm a little bit stubborn. Maybe So were, November
0: 2020?
1: Yeah, I had November, yeah. tw- I had November. I didn't really have 2020, I was like November. And then as last year was progressing and we were traveling, we were in a global tour for our confidence masterclass when the pandemic hit. So mm. that's why my husband's like, you're crazy. We're trying to travel around. We hadn't traveled ever and it was our first time taking it overseas. Mm. And we hadn't even went national. So it was a little bit like, why don't you calm down? So we're traveling. And then when February hit this this year, February, I said, I could still write it this year. And he's just like, you're insane. So I did then this year put November, 2020. Um, but it was something like, I had it in me always. It's the same message I've been speaking and sharing. So I feel like it was it was coming together throughout the past five to six years. Mm. And I was just like, this is not gonna be hard. It's gonna be about confidence. I know this, let's do this. But my team was kind of thinking I was a crazy person.
0: <laughs> I feel like that's just the standard response from your team. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, look out, here she comes again. What now? But so good. And so you wrote this in six weeks. Is that right? Is that That's what you said at the book launch. I was like, wow.
1: I know. I know. So I, I don't want to please anybody listening. This is not like a sticker of pride. I do not recommend this. Uh it was a unprecedented times, right? Like it was the pandemic. It was we're, we're locked down. And in Victoria, Melbourne, Australia, we were extremely locked down. We couldn't leave our five kilometer of our house. I was at my in-laws stuck there with my two kids. So we had some support. And I just spoke to my husband and said, I think this would be a good time to do it. And we had already started talking to the writers and the team and planning it. And when things started approaching, as you probably feel, deadlines start coming around the corner. And I'm like, oh, crap, we need to actually write this book. And so it happened in the six-week <laughs> kind of timeframe.
0: And so when you talk about the timeline, so you had already decided to go with a publisher. And so they, you had agreed a timeline with them?
1: No, so I didn't have a publisher. I was like, I'm going to do this myself. Yeah. I was inspired by you when we spoke last year at your book yeah. launch your whole thing. You were really one of the ones that was like, just do it, man. I'm going to do this. You're already writing book number two. Go ahead, Suze. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to get this book out. And I knew my faults and I knew where I was good and where I wasn't good. And I really sucked at organizing my thoughts and I speak and run on sentences and big paragraphs and (laughs) all caps. And so I was like, I think I need someone that can like write or edit, or I thought I needed a ghostwriter. So I actually went on to the business tricks and asked for someone and I got a a ghostwriter. And then she recommended a graphic designer who works with her on big projects with other people. So this is that team came together. There was no publisher. Mm -hmm. And as we kept writing, I was kind of like, man, this is so good. And I really would love for this to get picked up. And, but I wasn't patient enough to wait and submit my mm-hmm. my publication and wait six months so that Penguin or Harper Collins yeah. or whoever could edit it and tell me I can't say shit on the cover. So I'm like, no. And I found them later down the track, literally right before I published the book myself. I found the publishers.
0: Yeah, and so what? And so basically, like, did they? You had a deadline with them, and you were like, we're gonna we're gonna publish on this day?
1: Yeah. So I kind of had my own deadline. So when I met with the writer, we spoke back in, I think it was like May or June. We didn't start talking and having our Zoom calls until July. Mm. It was July. We started chatting. We were just messing around. I don't think we were doing anything, me and her. And she was at the book launch. She's from Queensland, Sarah. And she came and I spoke to her and she was like, I don't know what the hell we were doing for those two months. We were just organizing thoughts and having chats. But come August... August, September, October, November. Yeah. Come August, we were like, oh, crap. We need to get some words on the paper. We need to start doing this. So in August, it was really when we started getting the writing process. And when I realized that she was more an editor and more of a of me bouncing off because I really had, you know, to anybody listening, a ghostwriter can actually extract the story from you, re- research everything and write it and you don't have to do anything but and she had done that for like Lisa Messenger and people like that around you know the world that had an idea and they would call her and she would just download a book but with me I really knew what I wanted and because I'm a Puerto Rican woman from America I can't have a white woman in Australia from Queensland writing my book <laughs> yeah. that's going to be weird you know yeah. so she was like I'm not going to ghost write you're going to write I'm going to edit and so we had a time frame of I want it to come out in November So then when I got in contact with the publishers at the last minute, I said, I've got the manuscript. It's all done. Everything's done. I just need your plagiarism check, which was a big deal for me because I didn't even know about that. Uh, And I said, and we need to, it needs to be in people's hands by the end of November. And they just looked (laughs) at me like, are you crazy? And I was like, if we can't do this, I'm going on my own. And I'm glad I didn't, but that was the idea. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You move at the speed of light lady. (laughs) But anyway, all right, well, let's dive into the book. Confidence feels like shit. The truth about confidence and what it really takes to create it. I have to be honest with you before I understood what this was about and I saw the title, I was like, Erica, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then I watched your Facebook live and you were talking about why you called it that. So let's talk a little bit before we kind of dive in. (laughs) Why did you call it confidence feels like shit?
1: It was a podcast I did in 2018, one of the Mm. beginning podcasts, and it was a concept I started thinking about how everyone thinks that confidence is a gold star and how when I am confident, then I will be. And I talk about it in the book, when I, then I, Mm. and I started thinking about what it really takes for someone to be confident, you know, air quotes perceived as confident. And someone looks at you, Susan goes, you're so colorful, you wear beautiful clothing and blah, blah, blah. And you're out there on Instagram. And it's like... No one sees before you push record how self conscious you feel because you didn't brush your hair, or right before you jump on the TEDx stage, how you're shaking and sweating and hoping you don't forget the words to your talk. You know, we only see Erica's book launch party. Oh my God, it was so amazing. Mm. But you didn't see me five minutes before, you know, putting my press on nails on, you know, because they're so long and or doubting myself or running up and down the stairs sweating or crying in the bathroom. You know, no one gets to see the before confidence moment, they just see confidence. Mm. And so I started thinking that like, if you wanna have confidence, if you wanna be a confident person, you need to be willing to move through really shitty emotions like self-doubt, like fear, like anxiety, like um, messing up, feeling shame, guilt, being made fun of, being rejected from your family or community, you know, being an outsider. Like these are all of the things that you can all look forward to, feeling and experiencing if you are willing and you want to create confidence because it gets created and it only gets created with the discomfort. So it's like uncomfortable shit. Like I call it the the jungle of shit. You gotta walk through the jungle of shit. There's monkeys that throw poo at you, you get scratched. You fall over. This is gonna be my TED talk. You're walking in the jungle. Give me the lights, dim the lights. You know, and there's monkeys throwing shit at your face and they have rabies and you trip over and you fall on a bush and you're scratched. And then you come out and you're like, oh, oh, and then you step on the stage and you're like, da-da-da-da with your pink yeah. cape. And you're like, I'm so confident, but there's poo on your face. And no one understands the walk you just took to get to that place. So I wanted to kind of flip the script and be like, hey, confidence actually feels like crap when you're creating it. You don't feel good. You doubt yourself. You think you're a piece of shit. You don't believe in yourself but you go anyway and then you make it because you believed before you saw it, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think that thing that you just said, you believed before you saw it, like what is it where where people, we see what we want and what is it in our mind that says, I will do anything to make that happen, even feel the anxiety and the fear and all of that. It's like, what do you think people need to kind of tap into in that vision of what it is that they desire in order to almost have the guts to yeah. be able to take that journey?
1: Well, I think one of the biggest things, and you know, I talk about FWOT, is <laughs> like fuck what others think. Or if you don't like swear words, too bad. I already said one.
0: Forget,
1: you know, we'll words. have
0: a warning before this, before this podcast ends. Miracle comes
1: on the yeah. podcast. Beep. Um, yeah. So you, what I realized is that we don't give it a go. We don't put ourselves out there. We don't try. We don't mess up. We're not willing to mess up because we're worried about what people think about us. And we know that this is a common human brain thing that we do. But now that we know that now that we know that we have this tribal brain, what are we going to do about it? You know, I, I hate when I hear speakers say, well, you know, our 200 million years old, you know, the reason why is because we got to be with the tribe. And I'm like, bullshit. Like, I understand that that makes conceptual sense, but so what? That sounds like an excuse. Now that you know that that's the reality, what are you going to choose to do about it? What you're telling me, I can't change my old brain when there's all kinds of science that shows us that we can shift and change. So I don't like to use that as that's the reason why we're all worried about what people think. And I think we spoke about this on your last podcast that we had together when you were on mine about Brene Brown going, you shouldn't care what some people think. And I don't agree with that what my husband thinks about me and my crazy ideas has nothing to do with me, you know, or what my children think about me have nothing to do with me. And I shouldn't spend my life trying to make sure that they think good things about me. You know, it's like, it has nothing to do with me. So I think that we don't give it a go. I think that we don't try and we don't put ourselves out there because we're so worried about what they will say. You yeah. know, and when you realize they're going to say anyway, then you just go, okay, I have permission. I can give it to myself. There's a permission slip in the book in case you need it. You can just write it out to
0: yourself. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. And um, when I started the book, there was something where you said, you know, you're going to get ma- You might get mad at me. You might, because, you know, I'm going to tell you that sometimes like sometimes you're in your own way, like you're choosing to kind of be in your own way. And so when you sort of worked with women, what's that journey that they go through where it's kind of like well these are my excuses and this is why I can't be confident and this is like what's holding me back like you don't understand I've been through x y and z and so where how do we I guess recognize when we're standing in our own way and how do you how have you worked with your clients or how do you talk about it in the book of how to work through that?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the things that I talk about in the book from my beautiful mentor, who I didn't get to meet, Dr. Wayne Dyer, and he talks about response ability, which is your ability to respond. And he breaks down that that definition, and I put it in the book, and I thought it was so powerful when I learned that. I realized that, you know, Will Smith talks about it, like, it's not your fault that your parents did that to you it's not your fault that you were cheated on it's not your fault that you were bullied but it is your responsibility to work on that as a grown up now and so every single thing that we have every outcome every every uh, result that we have whether good or bad or ugly has to do with us it can't not have to do with us you know where the common denominator is us so if you are always finding horrible staff members or always in crappy relationships or you never have money or you've hated your body for 10 years, you got to look in the mirror and go, okay, this has to do with me. And so when you say that, then you have the ability to respond and go, what am I willing and not willing? And what do I need to do now? And then you action plan it and you're more open instead of the old way of you did this to me where you're pointing outwards as to how it's everybody else's fault, but not yours. And you could live that way. And that's why I say in the book, like you may want to throw this book across the room and lose it for a week. And that's okay, as long as you come back to it.
0: Yeah,
1: You know, cause it's not easy to hear that. And I talk a lot about how, uh, you know, I was a marginalized woman and where I grew up and how hard it was, and I was sexually abused and kidnapped and all this crazy shit. So it's not like I wasn't a victim. I was victimized, but yeah. I don't have to live as a victim. And there's a difference.
0: Yeah. That's so good. And I mean, I feel like that also you, and I think you spoke about this on the podcast last time was sweeping it under the rug. Yeah. And that we, that trips us up. Do you want to just share a little bit about that? Like what, what do we do when it comes to, you know, obviously we have to recognize that we can make, we have to take responsibility for that change in us, but, but what do we sweep under the rug sometimes?
1: So I feel like we don't wanna deal sometimes with the uh, darkness or the skeletons. And so I love in the book, there's like a million analogies. You know, and on yeah. my podcast, I'm like, I don't know, I see in stories and analogies. And so I talk about the the living room rug and how we say this as people, as a society. It's like, oh, you know, sweep it under the rug. And I realize, like, oh, that's a thing we say, but that's actually what we're doing. And so we go, I can't deal with this right now. I, I can't be bothered with this right now. Or uh, I just don't have time. Or a lot of women who I speak to before joining the sisterhood or working with me, they go, I just don't want to think about my past because I'm scared I'm going to go back and not be able to handle it. Like, you know, they live in that past kind of mm. mindset. So we like sweep it under the rug. And in the book, I talk about how one day you walk in the living room and the rug is like this lumpy mountain. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, I can't get to the front door because it's like Mount Kilimanjaro because you've shoved everything under there and went, not right now, can't deal with it. And you put on the fake mask or sometimes the whole bodysuit and mm. go on about your day. And one day that bony skeleton grabs your ankle and goes, Hey, you need to pay attention to me right now. Like, listen to me. And you're trying to kick it off and go, Oh shit. So I think we think we can't deal. I think we think it's easier to just pretend it's not there. Uh, We don't want to cry. We don't want to feel the feels. We don't want to go there. And when you don't deal with your shit, your shit deals with you, which is a quote in the book. It's like, you don't have to look at it, but the debt people are calling you and your health is messed up and your kids are struggling or your relationship is shit like or your business is leaking money like this stuff's happening whether you want to look at it or not so we have an opportunity to have a look at that stuff and and be guided so that it doesn't overwhelm us but that we actually start working on it
0: yeah and so how do we get through that renovation i loved you said it's time for a renovation <laughs> Like, I know you love your analogies. Yeah, it's funny. And so, how are people sort of looking at how they renovate their lives? Like, obviously, it's getting in under that rug, sweeping mm-hmm. back all of that that shit back out mm-hmm. to have to deal with it. And how do we go mm-hmm. through that renovate the cleanup? Yeah. It's like the spring clean and the it reno. Is.
1: It is. And so I think in the book, the main thing is like, like understanding that confidence. Is not a gold star it's actually really difficult and it's full on and it's uncomfortable yeah. and no one owns it and then you're like okay and now how do i become more confident well let's look at how you think and let's look at what you think about yourself and let's look at your mind and in that in the book we talk about like um the renovating of your mind and i use the analogy again some crazy analogy that came to me once with a client and i was like your mind is like a home that we were born into our brains. Like no one, we didn't come here and go, I'm gonna like pink, I'm gonna like blue, I'm gonna be religious, I'm not. As babies, we kind of get born into our, our our environment, you know? And so I use the analogy of your mind being like a home. And it's like, my mom bought me a home and it's my yeah. mind. And she chose the neighborhood and she chose the fabric and she chose the wallpaper and she put wallpaper in my house, you know, and like they chose everything. And then you grow up and you walk in and go, oh my God, this is my mind that has been handed down by my mother, my auntie, my grandma, whoever. And whatever their beliefs and values and stories, what they think- about money, or you know, we don't show emotion, or we people please. You basically are a product of that. And so, as a grown up now, you can walk into your house and go, "I hate this neighborhood. I've hated it all my life." Uh, or some of us go, "I love my house. I love the lamp my grandma gave me because it stands for being, you know, high values and being a kind human." But the wallpaper on the wall that my mother put up that said, "You know." <laughs> Girls should be seen and not heard. Mm. That needs to come down, right? And I need to renovate the kitchen or whatever it is. So in the book, I talk about that we now as grown ups have to look at how we're thinking and how our beliefs are forming us. And if we're not happy with it, we can change it. So on our way to creating confidence, because we get into confidence as a practice, mm. but we need to manage our thoughts and create a confidence kind of mindset. So good.
0: I'm loving the wallpaper. I think that's so true and I was thinking about something the other day that you know something like I love my parents and I grew up in a really strict Christian home and I still have a lot of the values but there are certain things that I definitely there is not agreement um, or not a values alignment on Um, and I was thinking about that the other day as well that's just like so interesting I'm sure my parents don't have the same beliefs that their parents had yeah. um, and I don't have all the same beliefs that my parents have. And I think you've got to make that decision, like who you want to be in the world and how you want to show up and what values you want to have. And I already, and I completely agree with you that you have to look at what do I believe and what do I think and how is that influencing my decisions? Yeah. And am I okay with that? What needs to change if I'm not okay with that?
1: Mm. Exactly. And that's the thing. We have that choice now. And how do we know what needs to change? Well, look around your life. Me and Suze will wait. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I hate my, my bank account. Got no money. Keep getting into shitty relationships. My job sucks. My business doesn't make money. I'm scared of getting on Instagram. I keep attracting the same people. I have a bunch of bitch friends. I hate my body. My kids hate me. I hate my kids, whatever. I don't know. Like your life will tell you like Oprah says, like, ask your life, look around your life. It'll guide you and tell you what needs work and what needs attention. We don't have to work on it all at once, but the biggest thing will pop into your head right now, what needs attention and love. And there's a belief or a story or a conditioning or something attached to the reason why you don't have what you want, you know? And so we can't create confidence with thoughts that I'm not pretty enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not confident, like all of that. So before we even get to confidence, it's like, check your mind. Like, what are you thinking? What are you saying? Do you understand what your thoughts are about? Can you cull the wardrobe of your mind? Like that's a breast milk stained t-shirt that you don't need anymore. Okay. Shitty thought about yourself. Take it out, take it out, take it out, take it out. And now it's an empty mind. Now you can fill what you need. What do you mm-hmm. actually need? And so that's kind of The chapter three is really the mind and and, and understanding that you can't create anything, never mind confidence, if you've got crappy beliefs and thoughts about yourself and you're not willing to look at them or take responsibility for them. Amen, sister.
0: Okay. Um, (laughs) Look, I love that. And I love that you've got, it was a Mahatma Gandhi um, quote in the book, I will not let anybody walk through my mind with their dirty feet as well and I think that that you know even when as we're talking about the things that we get from other people it's also just protecting that headspace isn't it like like you said do you have all those bitchy friends do you have somebody that's constantly in your ear like either putting you down or questioning what you do or
1: yeah it's a sacred space your mind and and the thing is too and I talk about in the book like I want you to know your own mind yeah and it sounds crazy but do you know the top three to five thoughts that mess with you the most? Do you know how many times do you think that crappy thought and has that been handed down by your grandma? You know Like how many times have you been thinking this bullshit story that you're never going to have enough money or whatever? Like these are the things that if we don't start paying attention and doing literally like a stock take or an inventory, we're not even aware, so how are we gonna create what we want? So it's really about getting that awareness and and deciding. And there's a lot of um, journal prompts and exercises and powerful questions that I've found that have helped me and my clients in the book so that people can start changing it now, not like later, just as you're reading it.
0: Yeah. So I wanna talk about two things. Um, The first one is kind of going back to what we were talking about before caring what people think. Um, you know, and you've sort of said, Wayne I said, what well, other people think is none of my business. And I, I love that quote. I live for that quote. Yeah, yeah. Um, the two quotes that you know, so that one and also they'll love you and they'll hate you and it'll have nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's all their own self-projection and stuff onto you. Um, and so that is without a doubt the biggest thing mm. that most people who I even speak to deal with and talk about. They're just like, you know, um, I'm trying to think who it was, but I was talking to somebody and they were like, I'm not doing that because of, of what people are going to think. Oh, it was a, it was a client. And I said, well, who? And she said, I don't know. Who are they? Is there someone specific that like, is it your mom or a like, is it somebody where you're like, oh no, they've said this to, no, I know nobody said anything. I'm just worried about what they... And I'm like, who's they? Yeah. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> the
1: but monsters that live under that's our bed. That's not
0: an uncommon answer that I yeah. hear, Erica. Yeah. What are we worried about? Like, if there's not a specific person, what are we worried about generally about the they?
1: Well, you know what? I do think, I, it was so weird. We just had our sisterhood day because now we can have live events, December 6th. And it was money and manifesting. And I had two people do the they. And I- You know, we're coaching live, so I'm like, "Come up, who's they?" And she's like, "Well," and I'm like, "I know you know who they they are. Think about the theys when you think about those people or they always say." And if someone takes a moment, they'll really find there's usually one or two people who've affected their lives so much, and then they go they because they're an influential person, so they affect the rest of the family or the rest of the group or whatever. And the lady pulled it out and said, "You know, um, my ex boyfriend." Who I'm like, why the hell are you still talking to him? But anyway, my ex-boyfriend and then one of her uh, cousins. And so she feels like the cousin goes and tells the whole family. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. when you can pinpoint who they are and then can you know for sure that everyone thinks what they think? No, cool. So can you just say Mary and Steve think that? And how much fucks do you give about Mary and Steve? Like how much do you care about what Mary and Steve have to say? Nothing, great. So can we delete that? and keep moving and in the book there's a thing that says uh this quote that says you know anything that that starts with i don't want them to think
0: yeah
1: is going to end in you not doing what you want to do so it's like oh wow so when you realize that the they becomes this whole story and this big army of people that don't exist and if you don't think about it and break it down like anything if you don't break down and go hold on what's the reality oh that's a bunch of crap okay i can do what i want and we need to break it down or else it haunts us they and, haunt you
0: yeah they i am like always doing it in inverted commas they <laughs> like who the hell is they um but i also think that they becomes my my excuse it becomes my comfort or my security my weighted blanket it's like but you know like they they'll think or i'm, I'm not going to do it because of them and it becomes mm. sort of this thing where we're like oh, you know, that that feels comfortable to me because then I don't actually have to step up and do mm-hmm. that really scary thing because I no longer have that excuse.
1: Yeah, it's so true. It's like they and people, you know, people are going to think, what people? Who people? Who are the people? The people that live in your head? Okay, that's okay if those people in your head think that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, it's, it's just the,
0: so interesting. The excuses that we give ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's again, like, it's, it's so funny because I didn't know that I was going to do the book in that order or that was going to be the order. And then it ended up going, hold on. If you want to be confident, you got to manage your thoughts. Hold on. If you actually you got to stop caring what people think about you. Okay, cool. And then it slowly was like, Oh my gosh, all of this makes sense because you can see where what you think about your, what you think about confidence, first of all, And then what you think about yourself and then what you think other people think about you is going to prevent you from even giving it a go.
0: Yeah, Crazy. There's a a lot of go like going around in circles there, isn't Mm -hmm. there? Yep. Oh my gosh. So I think, okay. So I just want to, you know, you know, I love this conversation. I'm just like, you know, (laughs) mm -mm. (laughs) like it's so good. Um, I could talk to you all day about this. So yeah. So obviously like, do the, doing the spring clean, getting stuff out of, under the rug, getting rid of the mum's wallpaper and the previous thoughts, um, you know, making sure that we, we are trying to work out who the they is, mm-hmm. but then how do we move into a practice of confidence? How do we, so we've got, I feel like that's like the, the almost the, the garbage pile of stuff yeah. we've got to get through and clean up and all of that. And do we, we have to do that before we can get into a practice of confidence
1: Well, that's the thing is like, it's so funny because you can just do it, but most of the time, like you said, it's the, it's the heavy weights, the, the chain and ball that's holding you back. And for a lot of us, we can just start going for it. We can just give it a go and fail and get up and try again and do it again and do this. We can easily move, but we decide that we're going to tie ourselves to a ball and chain and then go, no, 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 it's not, it's not heavy. No, I'm, I'm good. There's no ball and chain. It's just, I'm just walking funny. It's like, okay, I can see it. Have a look at it, pl- like cut it off, talk to it, do what you need to do, let it go. And then you can start creating and practicing your confidence. But I think it depends on who we are. If we feel like that stuff's going to stop us, then we won't give it a go. It's like that Henry Ford. If you think you can, okay. If you can't, then you can't like up to you, baby. Like, what do you think you can do? And so for me, I feel like the things that could stop us is only our thoughts about it. It's only our mind. Nothing else can actually stop you in real life, unless it's a thought that you're thinking about it. And once you clear that, and then you go, people are going to think what they think about me. I'm going to go anyway. So it's not that you don't care. We will always care. It's that, do you allow the caring what people think to stop you? That's a distinction. And I talk about it in the book, like caring, totally normal. We got the old brain. Cool. Thank you very much. You know, prehistorical times, blah, blah, blah. But now are you letting it stop you? Because that's a whole nother level of, of caring, you know, it's, I'm not living my life because they, yeah. Going, I know that I care what they think, but I'm going to do it anyway until I don't care. So that, that, and then we go, cool. Now that that's there, I can actually get into confidence as a practice. And and I talk about it as a practice because uh, it's not something you have or don't have. It's yeah. not something you keep. It's not, I talk in the book, like you can't buy it on Amazon and add it to the wall and it's there for life. You bought it. And- I love it. You
0: said, you can't, you can't just add five to the cart. Yeah, yeah, just in <laughs> case
1: have a backup in the so it's like if 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 i can't buy confidence and no one owns it and even when i feel confident it can be it can be gone if a bird shits on my head or if if the tinder swipes the other way whatever you know it could be gone then it's like okay so what is this thing that's confidence it's an emotion it's actually an emotion just like joy sadness happiness anxiety it's an emotion so depending on what i'm thinking is going to create an emotion so cool so i never arrive at confidence it's a practice like meditation you don't arrive at meditated you just practice meditation and the practice is what makes you feel good not being meditated you know it's like you don't arrive so confidence is not an arrival and as as much as you are willing to give it a go and practice it that's as much as you can create it so i talk about it as a practice the more you commit to doing it and there's like five c's the more you commit to doing it the better you're gonna get at it. And you kind of live in the practice. So it's a part of my life. It's a part of your life, Sue. So this is, and this was just 10 years of being a hairdresser, studying, you know, how to make women look beautiful, then being a stylist, then doing confidence coaching and just studying my clients, you know, and myself around what are the most confident people do? And how is it that they are so apparently confident and they're not, they're just committed to the practice. They're willing to do all of the five C's and keep going until they get what they want. So if we just go through the practice of confidence, let's say the five C's, I'll just take you through it briefly so you can understand where and how this came from. So C number one is choice. C number two is courage. C number three is create. C number four is consider. And C number five is continue. And I say in the book, and it's really important that this is not some revolutionary shit. Like this is not some amazing process that I've created it's super simple it ends up rhyming the C's all work together just by mistake and it's really something that I wanted to be accessible to anyone and the good thing about it is that if you want to create confidence right now in this second you just need to do that and go one to five and see where you are and the next one will take you to your next step. So, when we talk about choice, it's basically choice and decision go hand in hand, and it's deciding on what kind of choices are you worrying about making? So are you worrying about the little small things like, should I go to that party or not? Or are you worrying about the big choices? Like, do I want to work here? You know, 2020 gave us a lot of choices. Do I want to be married to this person? Do I want to live in this country? What is that big choice, that big decision that you've been avoiding that you would love to take, that you know you need to take? So choice is we all need to be able to make the big decisions in our lives. And it's usually scary stuff. And if we don't make them, we don't create confidence. Nothing happens. We don't create anything. So number one is choice. And what that is, is let yourself dream big. Don't worry about how it's going to happen. But what would you love? What is it that you know you need to do and create for yourself? Number two is courage. And number two, when I, I have a definition in the book, what courage is, and it's like, taking action while you're simultaneously like shitting yourself. Like you're scared as hell. Like you are so scared, but you move anyway. And I tell a little story about like the courage, the fog of courage, because my damn analogy, Suze, I love them.
0: I love (laughs) them too. Keep them going.
1: (laughs) I'm like, oh, the fog. And I'm like, does this work in the book? So we had to fine tune how I tell it live to how it is in the book. But basically courage is about you have no idea how things are going to go. You can't see ahead of you. You may trip on on a rock. You may fall into a swamp, but you may not. And consider that we always go, what if this bad thing happens? We never go, what if it becomes a bestseller? And Byron Katie's got on the podcast. We never, I don't even (laughs) imagine that. You know, we never do that. It's like this horrible thing might happen. So courage is about you're scared as hell, thumbs up, you're on the right track. Courage is not you're the lion Leo and you're like, I am fearless. No, that doesn't exist. When you care about what you want to do and you're shit scared, there is no fearless. You're scared as hell. And you're acknowledging, oh my God, I'm in massive self-doubt and fear. And there's pee dripping down my leg and I'm so scared. Oh, okay. This is normal. Yes, it's normal. That's what courage is. Being scared as hell, but keep on going anyway with a little bit of a plan, but not uh, a master fine-tuned blueprint. You're not going to have that.
0: Can I ask you a question? Do you think that people who are more optimistic are more courageous? Just when you said that, I'm like, there has to be an element of this could work. Like yes. this could totally work. And I think that that optimism sometimes gives you courage as well. 100%.
1: And if you're kinder to yourself, if you're someone who's like, I'm, I'm good, I'm awesome at this. And I'm going to, you know, I look at all my wins as well as my losses. I don't just focus on my losses. It speaks to what kind of person you are. You're a person who thinks highly of themselves most of the time and doesn't sit in I'm a piece of shit. Most of the time. So it really speaks to who you are. You're not going to be courageous if you think you're horrible and nothing you do is good. That's very like, woe is me. Mm. That's that victim mindset versus, you know, I actually I'm good at what I do and I know I can do this if I try really hard. I'm gonna be scared, but I'm I'm gonna go for it, you know? And, and that's what you have. Like you don't think you're the biggest and best person in the whole mm. wide world all the time, but you know that if you give it a go, that you have enough grit in you to do your best.
0: And, yeah. like,
1: you know, yeah, that's a good point. Optimism is, is, is very- I just
0: thought, when you said that, I just thought there has to, you have to have some light there at the yeah. end of the tunnel. Because yeah. I have to be honest, like, you know, even, um, you know, I think it's so easy to get caught in comparisonitis at this mm-hmm. point as well, when you're in the fog, trying to be confident and trying to see the light. So yeah, so a personal example, I think for me as well, just to be really upfront is like, you know, um, so I recently hit over 100,000 downloads on the podcast, which I was really proud of. And I've totally been wanting to hit that for ages. And it's really easy. Um, for me to go, oh, Erica's at nine hundred thousand, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's like I remember Denise Duffield Thomas, who's like multi-million dollar business. Yep. She's like she remembers sitting and looking at Rachel Hollis when yeah. she did Rise, and she's like, well, I'm not in an arena with fourteen thousand people, and it's like it's so easy. Can mm. I just tell you, we all go through it. Yep. It's so easy to have goals. And then you reach the goals and then the minute you reach the goals, you compare yourself to somebody else. And you almost like you rob yourself. It is the whole thing of comparison is the thief of joy. It's like, and it's so, you've just got to be so careful when you're in that fog. I have workmen if you're hearing banging in the background, (laughs) Um, uh, but you know, I think it's just really important to be aware of it and always be grateful and always acknowledge like the small wins that you have, mm. just be careful. Cause I think that that can also kind of make you feel not as confident.
1: Yes. And, and the thing is too, why I feel like that doesn't affect me as much now. It did a lot in the beginning. Uh, I compared myself to everyone. And and I remember my husband, which is a quote that I've heard before, but you know, when you're ready to hear something and he's like, you can't compare your chapter two to someone's chapter 25. And I was yes. like, wow, he missed dropping the wisdom. I'm like, I was just ready to hear it. You know what I mean? I was like, damn. And if you if you make sure that you are managing your mind, I'm telling you, I go back to this because it's powerful. The only reason I don't suffer and there are no problems in my world, I literally can't. I know who's walking with me. I know that at my whoever my creator or whatever that is, whatever you believe in, spiritual or religious. I can't doubt myself I'm ripping myself my creator and the world off so it's almost like I know too much now so I know when I indulge in that I'm like that's my ego bullshit yes
0: and I totally I I know that as well like when I when it happens I'm like be grateful bitch (laughs) yes I'm like acknowledge the win you did it like you worked hard that was a goal exactly like don't step into oh amazing oh but not as good as like what are you like really catch yourself in that and be like come on like move forward so yeah. um so i think just so that you know like i think everybody goes goes through that and i think we definitely get to a lesser extent or like you said, it's the awareness. It's like I'm aware that that could happen. And it's like the lizard brain as well, where, you know, the minute that you do something, the immediate thoughts are, well, it may not be very good. What if they don't like it? What if it doesn't work? And you're like, I acknowledge that as my lizard brain. I choose not to listen, even though I know that it's there
1: exactly and that's the thing is like who are you listening to what are you tuning into what's the what is what are you watching and I talk about you have the remote control like another freaking analogy in the book guess what and one of my the publisher's daughters are reading the book they were at the book lunch and they're beautiful and they're like my favorite part is the remote control and it's like you hate the horror channel yet every day you sit on your chair and you put it on and you got the remote and you're like covering your eyes like I hate this this is so hard and painful and I'm like change the channel like you don't have to subscribe and tune in to the shit that you don't want to we get to choose and that's one of the powerful things about number one what's your choice what's your decision cool it's a big one let's say I want to do a TED talk I know you want to do a TED talk as well that's a big and I talk about it in the book how nervous I am thank you Brene Brown you know because the comparison like she killed it the bloody red rug is scary as hell so <laughs> so I talk about in the book this running story about like how scary of a decision it is, but I'm going to put it out there. Now I need to have the courage, meaning shitting my pants and applying for the TED Talk. So nervous as hell while I apply. And then number three is create. And create is about action, But I didn't call it action on purpose because I think we've been living in the hustle world, the go, 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 just take action, just do Gary V style and I love you Gary V but damn bro you gotta take a break like we can't be hustle brained all the time, and we can't take action just for the purpose of taking action, instead, why not take one aligned action towards the thing the big choice and decision we want to create versus just doing shit to do it. And so in in number three, create is maybe you can't take the action you want. Can you create another way to make it happen? Can you pivot? Can you innovate? Can you, what can you do? And so number three is big for me because it's it's making it small. So let's say Ted talk, you're scared as hell. Step three is create, what are you gonna do? Well, the small step is go on the website and apply. You know, uh, you know, we'll watch some Ted talks, think about your idea, like the little, so number three is about taking small, tiny steps towards that big decision and choice. You got the, breaking it down into small things. So you want to create an event, what date choose the venue, run your, do your agenda, whatever these little steps. And this in number three is when you get that snowball. If you're committed to doing a tiny thing for that big ass decision, things will start happening. And so that's, that's number three. That's create. It's about small, tiny action. Number four is consider and consider is like, cool. You took action. You did something. How did it go? You know, have a look at it. Can you evaluate it? Consider, was it a fail? Did you fail? Or I hate that word because I don't think you can fail. Did you fail or did you learn? right? Was it good? Or was it shit? Either way, you win my love, because if it was shit, you get to learn that that wasn't the right way. So you can change it. So when you go back again, that's a lesson. That's a, that's goal that you mind from that experience. And I think that the word failure in itself, I'm big with language and, and, and the word failure is I failed. I am a failure. It doesn't make me want to go again. It mm. makes me feel defeated. And it makes me get out of the practice of confidence. It pulls me away into my victim mindset. It pulls me away from creating, you know? And so yeah. number four is you took an action. How, how was it? good, bad, ugly, whatever, take the lesson. And then number five is continue, which is all about going back, making another choice, taking another decision, getting the courage to take action again. And it becomes this cycle, this practice. And number two, which is courage, and number five, which is continue, morphs. And you don't even feel courage or do it again. It just becomes the way you live. So you're like, I'm going to do this thing. Holy shit, I'm scared. What's my action? Oh, that wasn't very good. Okay, what else do I got to do? And you just live this way. And the women that I feel are the most confident. They're not because bad things don't happen to them or they don't fail or Oprah Winfrey or JLo or Brene Brown constantly failing. But what happens is they don't allow themselves to stay on the ground. They fall hard. They're bleeding. They get up. They got a bandaid, they keep moving. And that's the thing that I think in number five, if you do not continue to commit to moving and doing it again, what happens is in the gap of you stopping, here comes the self doubt. And the longer the gap, the more you doubt yourself. And the more you doubt yourself, the less you do. And then you go, I'm so shit, I'm not doing anything. And you're, you're like stale, but it's because you didn't just go again, next choice, next thing, go again. So it's this continuation.
0: Yeah. So funny when you said that, you know, when you're like, when you fall down, and you cut yourself. It's like when I say to my kids, I could fall down. I'm such a terrible mother. I'm like, just rub it. Just rub it. You'll be fine. <laughs> They're bleeding. I'm like, you're fine. You're fine. Let's go. Like, let's You rub it. Like, you're okay.
1: Just a little blood it's so it's just a lot of blood it's all good it's a big band-aid <laughs>
0: it's so good I'm, And I mean when you were talking about that as well you know in the book you've got confidence is a practice one you must commit to daily hourly sometimes even moment by moment mm. and I love that quote I might rip it out of the book and like stick it on my wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I wouldn't do that to you, beautiful book. But yeah, I do, can. but I do think that, you know, it is that mindset. It is that mindset. I if I will fall, I know it's gonna happen. Yeah. And when I fall, I'll just get back up. Yeah. And also I'm gonna try this and it may not work, but what did I learn from it? What do I need to tweak so that it's better next time? And yeah. I think having that mindset of. I already know that failure will come. Yes. I'm okay with it. I'm comfortable that I know that I'll learn in that process. And I also love that you talk about the power of momentum. You know, when you get really good at practicing confidence, what you're really getting good at is momentum. And I absolutely love that as well, because I think that even in business, in life, in confidence, momentum is everything. It's like, okay, so it's hard at first, but now I'm like, you know something, I'm, I'm falling, but I'm getting back up quicker. Like yes. I'm more aware exactly. now, like I'm, I'm being a little bit more agile and it's not perfect and I'm still failing and it still hurts and yeah. I'm still rubbing my knee, but yeah. you know, but I've got that momentum. And I think that that is, um, I love that. I love that yeah. analogy as well.
1: Yeah. The momentum thing is funny too. Cause I think I heard it from Tony Robbins, like you can have it in the negative as well. So if you, if you don't yes. do anything and you spiral and in the five C's, I, I have like a breakdown in each one, the chapter is pretty much the same kind of formatting, but then there's like a breaking case of emergency or a things to look out for and what happens in each step. And there's like, you know, if you're not making a choice, you're sabotaging. If you're not, if you're like, I have so many choices, I can make all the choices, sabotage, just make one damn choice. Like you don't have to think about all the many choices with courage, with like, I'm so scared, fear, fear will get into the way. And number two, it'll be fear of failure, fear of success. It'll be future pacing, worst case scenario, right? Number three, create. Again, there's a bit of sabotage there. And there's also perfectionism in create. What do I do? What's my Um, action? I have to be the best action. There's comparison in in number three. There's there's all of these things that can go wrong in number three if we don't just commit to doing something. And number four, evaluate. I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I'm so bad. I can't do this. You know, that can just push you down. And then some people get stuck in these um, five Cs. They get stuck in evaluating. And then it's like analysis paralysis. Like, well, what if I do this? And it's like, don't worry about it. Just go again. And then continue. I said it before. That's where we stop. And we just go, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to try. And we really give up on our dreams and give up on our what we want to create for ourselves. And then that's where all the shit happens. All the bad stuff happens there. Because you just haven't committed to going again. And we have to always go again. You know, we're going to fall. We're going to mess up. And because of the mess up is why we have amazing success. Mm-hmm. Like we're only successful because we screwed up.
0: All the time, baby so badly every
1: damn day yeah and we share it so that people could not feel so bad (laughs) you know hey we're over here messing up but how exciting we're doing something as opposed to sitting on our ass wishing and dreaming and pointing as to why they're doing it and i'm not it's bullshit everyone can have it it's just that you're not willing to be embarrassed and fall down and cut your knee right and bleed to death there that's what you think is going to happen but it's not
0: yeah so good and just to finish up I love that you say when you create it allows you the opportunity to innovate and step into your make it happen creator vibes yeah and I just and I think that that's so true as well like I just think it it is an opportunity and I think that's where a lot of people maybe don't see like they see it as like I don't know what they see it as but it's like this is an opportunity for you to grow and create and be and do something new and D- you know achieve what you want like that's it's an opportunity
1: yeah yeah and you get to make it happen for yourself and there's one of my favorite quotes in there that I hate to sound like my quotes but they are my quotes <laughs> my favorite because I do the shit just comes and I'm like I gotta put them in there so and there will be quote cards coming people but <laughs> I love it. Um, but one of my favorite is like it's not can you it's will you
0: yes so it's not
1: can you of course you can but will you like will, are you willing to do it and it's not comfortable. Confidence is not comfortable. Going for your dreams is not comfortable. Renovating your home when your family's told you that this is who we are, we are not like that or whatever it is, that's, none of it is comfortable. But what a boring life would it be to be comfortable? We wouldn't be taking risks and going for what we want and creating new stuff. So it's all there for us if we're willing to feel it. And, and we kind of end the book on over to you, like, next chapters on you. Like, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do with all this information? Is it going to be another self-help book that you binged and did nothing with, or are you actually going to rip pages out and, you know, write things down and start committing yourself to being someone who is willing to practice confidence?
0: Oh, so good. I think we're going to leave it there because I want to leave it on what will you do? Mm. What are you going to do? And so the first thing you have to do is actually go and buy the book, which is confidence It's like, shit, <laughs> so good. I can't wait. I've already dived into it. Um, I need to finish it. Um, but yeah, I'm already like, I'm just going to rip that page out and stick it yeah. on my on my vision board because that's a good one. It's really um, funny, the quotes. Like they did a good job with all the pretty It looks pictures. amazing. You know, I love beautiful things and oh I'm just gosh. like, it's so pretty, because but it's also so powerful. It's pretty and it's powerful. Those are the two things that I want to say about it. Just like <laughs> you, my friend. So congratulations mm-hmm. on the book thank you for sharing your wisdom with my amazing listeners today thank and you. you know we're going to be doing it we're going to yeah. be doing it what are you going to do let us know let us know what you thought of this let us know what you're going to do let us know what's holding you back because we love to have this conversation and we want to have it so much more so erica where can people find out more about you and where can they get the book
1: Yes. So you go to thequeenofconfidence.com. You can buy the book there and I will sign it and give it all the loving juju before I pack it in my pink bubble wrap. <laughs> um, or you can get it on Amazon. There is a Kindle version as well. Uh, the audio book is coming out in January, which I cannot wait to do. Um, and I'm, I'm, of course, going to read it with my off scriptness. Um, you can get it in America uh, as well, like Burnt Barnes and Nobles and places like that. So if you can't find it, you can just come to my website and I will ship it to you. I just shipped a book to Estonia Amazing. and more than the book, but that's okay. Cause I'm, I'm happy that Estonia can get the book. So. <laughs> so hit it up. Yes.
0: So good. Well, we will have all of those links in the show notes as well, but Erica, my friend, congratulations. And thank you for being you and doing the work that you do in the world. I love you. And I love everything that you're out there doing for women and men.
1: Yeah, I love you. I love you, Susan. Thank you for having me and doing all of the amazing work that you do. I can't wait to see you and have some froses. <laughs> so
0: <good. laughs> ah. So good, so good. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Make sure you go watch the video because this is so much fun to watch us having this conversation too. And and I just love everything that Erica talks about. She is totally uh, just, you know, here doing good work. So make sure you check her out. Go buy the book. It's so good. Great holiday reading as well. Enjoy the rest of your break. We'll be back next week with another scheduled episode because I am chilling out right now even though you're listening to me when you're listening to this I will be chilling out well, that's it for another week. It has been amazing to have you here as always. And remember to follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love you to leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with us every week. The music to this podcast was created by Ixson on SoundCloud. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.